Blog Talk Radio. that we talk about life's problems they may break or tear hearts apart. On Reconnect My Heart, we'll discuss God's answers to life's problems to reconnect our hearts back to the way he originally made us. I'm your host, Brother Prater. I'm so glad you are able to join us. If you have any questions, comments, or if you just want to listen to the show, feel free to call us at 516-453-9118. That's 516-453-9118. Or you can listen online at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash reconnect my heart. Or you can go to our chat room, which I'm pulling up right now. It'll be available in approximately two minutes. But you can ask your questions. You can send your prayer request. Also, matter of fact, there it is. 
is up right now. You can ask your questions and your prayer requests, or whatever you would like to message. If you want me to ask, if you want me to ask on the air or answer it, whichever way, I would definitely do it. I would like to say a huge hello, hello, hello to my church family, true believers, Tapanaka Church, where our senior pastor is Pastor Otis Logan. If you're ever in the Dallas area, feel free to come and worship with us. We are at 4204 Cardinal Drive, Dallas, Texas, 75216. Once again, I want to thank each and every one who are tuning in. And thank you, thank you, thank you for your continued prayers and support. I want to share with y'all, last week we had an episode called Living Save in a Secular World. And little did I know, but at the beginning of the show, the devil tried to hinder the episode, I did not know that I was unable to be heard. But what the devil meant for evil, God turned it for our good. We were able to we were able to get back on the show and so maybe the first eight minutes I ended up having to edit it out. So what I decided to do was go ahead instead of having another episode, I'm gonna go ahead and have a part two of the episode from Last Sunday, but there are some other things I will share with you all that the Lord had laid upon my heart. So the key thing, recapping on what was discussed last Sunday, as a Christian, do you feel like the oddball in society, at work, or even within your family? It seems like the ungodly behavior of others are being promoted, rewarded, while those who are trying to live right, trying to do the right thing, we're being called weird, crazy, being made fun of. But even in those difficult times, Jesus promised that he would be with us. But get this. Not only he will be with us, but he will help us to live a life that is pleasing to him. So on this show, we want to encourage and give a word of encouragement to those who are living this Christian life. In spite of the peer pressure, the negative influences of others, even persecution. In the episode called Live and Save. In a secular world Once again I thank you all For Y'all prayers and I thank y'all for Praying for this podcast And This is a Christian podcast And I like to make sure that people Know that we are Christian based But also Just like the episode Where we're entitled A lot of times people think because we are saved we don't go through anything because we're saved everything is a bed of roses people think because we're saved well you know y'all don't go through anything but i'm gonna tell you like this sometimes even those 
because we're saved, that doesn't remove us from problems or situations. Sometimes your problems become harder when you become saved. Now, does that mean that we regret being saved? No. Ultimately, we have help. Sometimes before we have gotten saved, sometimes we were more accepted by people. Sometimes people didn't. People didn't cause us problems. Sometimes people respected us. But when we give our life to God, or we become, or we make a change in our life, then it ain't so much of us that has changed. Sometimes it's the people around us that has changed. And they've changed because we're trying to change for the better. And sometimes because of us wanting to change for the better, sometimes they bring the ugliness out of people that were either within our circle or within our lives. And so when it comes down to it, get this. Light exposes darkness, exposes things. So when we look at our life now, because we have Christ in our life, which is he is the light, because we have Christ in our life, Sometimes Christ being the life, the light of our life, it exposes those who have been bringing darkness into our life. It exposes sometimes toxic people within our life. Now, a lot of times it's not so much because of the people that we have allowed in our life. Mm. I'll say it like this. It's not so much of them, but it's the spirit that's operating within them. It's not so much of them, but it's the spirit within them. Now, I will say this. Get this. There are some people that you may be affiliated with because you're saved and you're not and they're not saved. There are some people who may not even be a Christian right now, they respect you. They respect you as an individual. They respect your integrity and you respect theirs. And even though, <clears throat> even though they may not be saved right now, but they respect you and they want to do business with you or even just enjoy your company and what happened, you may be the light that will bring them into Christ. There are some people who may not be saved right now, but they may be seekers or they may be someone they see the light in you and you will show them who Christ really is. Because there are some people who might have been hurt. I'm not going to say hurt by the church, but hurt by church people, people within the church. They might be hurt by people who made that that may have portrayed to be someone that they're really not, and they end up getting used or may have gotten um, taken advantage of. So I said that because just because you see someone and you may be friends with them or maybe family members of them, don't just brush them off. 
number one, make sure that they expose who they really are. There may be somebody of integrity. There may be someone that may not be of integrity. But you just make sure to be guided by God. So I just wanted to put that disclaimer out there. But in saying all that, this world, it seems like it's catering to those who are not saved. I mentioned last week how when we were growing up, the TV shows that we would watch on TV, it was family-oriented. It was promoting family values, healthy family values. But now, it seems like everything that's on TV now, now I'm not talking about cable television, I'm talking about regular television, regular primetime television, the, the time that you're supposed to be spending with your family to watch TV or just bonding, having a bonding moment with your family watching regular television. Now you have to send your kids to another room or you have to just change the channel because now they're showing on primetime television. They're showing nudity. They're cursing. I mean, using foul language, doing normal television time with their family supposed to be together. Nudity. Also, even just promoting homosexuality. You know, matter of fact, I saw a couple of days ago, they had a parade on television, on national television, and it was sponsored. I think that particular, I don't know if it was a whole parade or that particular scene in the parade, it was sponsored by gays and lesbians or some, uh, some organization. And it was two women that were kissing. And there was a lot of people that were calling in or trying to report for the news or for the television show, hey, look, y'all should have warned us. Y'all should have warned us if y'all were going to do that because their children were watching. You see, no warning. They just did it. And it's supposed to be acceptable. No, those things now, it's like everything just being thrust in your face. But let's just say me or someone that's someone that may be married and they want to I'm talking about married as far as male and female. That's marriage. That's marriage and outside of God. Two men ain't marriage. Two women ain't marriage and outside of God. I don't care how they may try to, quote unquote, put it in man's law. We're talking about God's law. But when it boils down to it, if someone tried to, if a husband tried to salute his wife on TV, they would ask if they were going to let them do it, they probably ask, okay, um, how much you going to pay us? You see, it's all about greed to them. So when it comes down to uh, Christian faith, they're trying to put us in a back burner. Even I heard some time ago, they're trying to have the military people, the military chaplains, to quit saying or not to say Jesus. They're trying to censor us as believers from saying Jesus. Hmm. The other thing, even when it comes down to just 
being saved, if you notice, not only them putting us in the back burner, but like I said, they're making fun of us. And unfortunately, I'm going to say it like this. Unfortunately, because of a few people that may have been Christians who may have done something or said something or their behavior may not have been appropriate, now they're labeling, okay, that's how all believers no, no. But that's the stigma that we deal with. But even in the midst of dealing with that, God can help us to persevere. God can help us. So along with God helping us to persevere in spite of the negative backlashes and everything from the past of uh, the, the behavior of people, also realizing that God wants to help us so that way we can become the people that God called us to be. But there is something that the devil would want to do to try to make us or discourage us from being the men and ladies that God called for us to be. And that is always thinking about the past, our past mistakes. Our past regrets. The devil would try to make us think about our past mistakes, our past regrets, our past sins. Don't you know, there's so many people that struggle, and we talk about as believers, there are so many people that struggle with regrets of their past, their past mistakes, or past uh, sins. Now, I will say this. Now, I want to keep that separate, past sins and past regrets. Sin, disobedience to God, you know, stuff like that. That's something that we often talk about. When we boil down to it, a lot of us, one of us, I'm going to say it like this, all of us at some point of our life have sinned. All of us have sinned. Sin is simply Missing the mark. And somewhere in our life, we have all missed the mark. It's just like in bullseye. Bullseye. If our life was like playing a game of bull, a game of darts, it would be to live a perfect life is like hitting a bullseye every time. Every time. If you if you play darts. A thousand times, that means a thousand times you hit a bullseye. If you miss the bullseye but still get close to the bullseye, that is considered sin. When we look at it, we have all missed the mark in some way. But Jesus died upon the cross, and for him to extend his love, his forgiveness, for us to Repent, repent is to turn, to confess that we have failed, we have sinned, and receive the forgiveness that God has for us. But also, in the past sins that we have committed, the other thing, like I mentioned earlier, the other thing is forgiving ourselves of our past mistakes. 
There are so many people, they beat themselves up over past mistakes. Now, I mentioned sin earlier, and I wanted to mention that first because even right now, even if someone choose to marry someone, if they choose to marry someone and they marry someone that was not, quote-unquote, compatible with them, and it didn't work out. A lot of time, people just, oh man, you know. Well, was that? Get this. Was that sin? See, God gave us a choice. See, you made a choice. You made a choice of who you wanted to date or who you wanted to be with, who you wanted to date, who you wanted to marry. God gave you a choice. God is not going to beat you up. Send you to hell because you married someone may not have been compatible with you. A lot of people just think, well, you know, no, well, look at that's that's your choice. That's your choice. Just like going to McDonald's. You go to McDonald's, whatever you want to order. If you got enough money for it to get whatever you want to get, then get it. That's your choice. God gave us a free will. God gave us a choice. But we have to make healthy choices. One thing we always say, God is not going to tell you pertaining to dating or pertaining to marriage. God is not going to tell you who to choose, but he will tell you how to choose. So ultimately, the choice is yours. But be prayerful because a lot of time God see, I ain't going to say a lot of time, but all the time God see way beyond what we can see. But even pertaining to living in this world, we have to stop beating ourselves up over our mistakes, choices that we have made. I put a post earlier today, and someone wanted to um, wanted me to explain, but the post I made today quoted this. It says, Stop punishing yourself for your past that you have already repented or apologized for. Remember, God forgave you. Now, forgive yourself. And also, I said, hashtag, if God can receive your forgiveness, you can receive it too. And so a lot of times, people beat themselves up. And a lot of times, we have allowed people to tell us, well, you know, um, you know, you 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 gonna you gonna reap what you sow. Well, to be honest with you, that may or may not be true. Let me say that. Let me say that again. That may or may not be true. Why did I say that? Because there are things that just so happen in life. If I throw up a ball as a sinner. Excuse me, as a person who ain't saved, there's a difference between a a sinner and someone who ain't saved. But if I'm not saved and I throw a ball up in the air, and while the the ball is being thrown up in the air, and I repent and I accept Jesus Christ as my personal Savior, if I don't move out the way, that ball going to hit me in the head, even though I may be even though I may have accepted Jesus Christ as my Savior, 
while the ball is being thrown up in the air. God is not going to just stop the ball for me to get out the way. You know what he's going to do? He's going to tell me. He's going to give me the ability. Hey, get out the way. So we got to think about that. So many people, they, they, they try to make Christianity spooky. It ain't spooky. It's actually healthy. But God has things for us, for us to do. But sometimes, like I said, we have been the problem. We have been the, if you want to say, we have, because of our choices, we have allowed ourselves to get ourselves in situations, and it wasn't the devil. It was us. But even in the midst of that, God can forgive us, but we have to forgive ourselves. And a lot of times we beat ourselves up. Sometimes we allow people to beat ourselves up. But even in the process of you forgiving yourself and you moving forward, what you have to do is to make sure when you moving forward, when you have made a change, take personal inventory of the people that you hang with, that you communicate with, that you fellowship with. Because if you have made a change in your life, if those people have not changed or if they're not like how you're trying to be, but if they are continue to be who you used to be, they may influence you to become like who you used to be. I'm gonna get. I want you to get this. Y'all can write this down if you like. Because the devil, the devil loves for you to be who you used to be. The devil wants you to stay who you used to be. He does not want you to be closer to God. He does not want you to be close to God. He does not want you to have a relationship with God. So what he's doing, he's setting up booby traps. Sometimes those people that we keep within our circle, that we communicate with, sometimes because we may be easily influenced by those that are close to us, Sometimes if we don't change, if we don't monitor the people that we hang with or that we frequent or that we communicate with, we may end up slipping back. But get this. The devil is not worried about. He's not concerned about what he can make you do. You follow me? He's not concerned about what he can make you do. He's more concerned about what he can make you become. See, if you become it, it's part of your character. See, you could do something one time and repent. Never do it again. You could do something. You could be really sorry, heartbroken. Repent to God or repent to someone that you might have wronged, maybe something you did. And you can repent and never do it again. Reconcile with your brother or sister or yourself. And with God, and it'd be as if it never happened. But the devil is more concerned about what he can make you become. Because if you become it, it's part of your character. In other words, you will do it at any opportunity that it presents itself. See, if I steal something one time and never do it again, hey, that's it. But if I'm a thief, see, the difference between 
stealing and becoming a thief. If I become a thief, that thievery is in my spirit. So in other words, I may not be, you know, stealing something at the time that you see me physically. But what I'm doing, I'm mentally calculating the opportunity. When the opportunity comes, then I will do it at every opportunity when it presents itself. So the devil wants us, the devil wants us to become, to become, get this, to become who we used to be, to emulate him. The devil is a slickster. The devil is an opportunist. Even in the process of that pressure, even in the process of the influence that the devil may try to put upon us or even our people that we associate ourselves with, we can overcome it if we make those proper steps of evaluating, like I said, the people and evaluating ourselves to make sure that we start centering ourselves with more of godly people, people that's going to challenge us to become more like Christ instead of like the devil. So if you made some mistakes in your life, like I said, we got to forgive ourselves. And forgiving ourselves is being able to say, you know what, admitting, we have to admit that we have failed. We have to admit that you made some mistakes. Ask God to forgive you. Also, if you've wronged someone, repent. Ask them to forgive you. And get this. We're not just talking about, well, I'm sorry. No, you have to confess what you did. If I if I stole your car, I should go to you. You know, I want to tell you, I really, I'm sorry I stole your car. Or I saw, I'm sorry I took this. I did you wrong. Or if I said something negative about you. I'm sorry for saying blah, 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 blah. We have to acknowledge what we did. Just saying, I'm sorry. If I said anything that offended you, no, you know what you said. This is going to help us because we are peculiar people. As believers, we being peculiar people, that doesn't mean that we're better than anybody. That just means that we're different. We don't think like the world thinks. We think like how God wants us to think. See, secular people or people of the world, you love them or they love based upon conditions. I love you as long as you love me. But if you don't love me, then forget you. But that's not the way Christ loves Christ not only want us to love those who love us, but he want us to love those who does not love us. See, not just loving our friends, but even loving our enemies. Is it possible? Yes, it is. But we have to be the bigger person. And being the bigger person does not mean that we'll walk over. You know, I always say this. We as believers, we are supposed to be meek. But being meek does not mean that we're weak. That means strength under control. But get this, we don't have to rely upon our own abilities. 
but the ability of Jesus Christ. But we have to make sure to not rely upon our own abilities. Like I said, we as believers, we have help. We have an ever-present help here on earth, and that's Jesus Christ. Also, we have Jesus' spirit, the Holy Ghost, living within us. And we have the Father. We have the Father up there that's there to help us and encourage us in our time of need and also in our time of want. But we have to make sure to not rely upon our own abilities. That's why he wants us to trust him in whatever situation that we're in. Is it possible? Yes, it is. We don't have to think. We don't have to operate like secular people. We don't have to think and operate like the world. I want us to understand that. We don't have to operate that way. We have someone that loves us, someone that can help us, someone that wants to be there with us to help us in every aspect of our life. But we have to make sure, just in case, just in case you have not really accepted, not just accepting him into your heart, but get this. Accept his forgiveness. See, so many people, I mentioned earlier about forgiveness, is so many people that are believers, we can easily forgive people who have done us wrong. But we can't forgive our own self of the wrongs that we've done towards ourselves. You'd be surprised how many believers we beat ourselves up. Is so many people that that accept or give forgiveness to others, no matter how bad they've done. Now, if they may forgive them even eventually, but you think about it, how many times do we have a problem with forgiving ourselves? And it's funny, it's kind of like the people that done us wrong, Sometimes we don't think about them until we see them or see something that resembles or remind us of them. But ourselves, we sleep with these, we sleep with ourselves, we look in the mirror, we brush our teeth, we wash our face, and we see ourselves. And that's the main person that we have a problem with sometimes. Sometimes we think about everything that we've done. And we can ask God to forgive us, forgive us of our sins. But how many times do we go to the mirror and we tell that person in the mirror, forgive me? Or go in the mirror and tell them, I forgive you. How many times have we looked in the mirror and said, you know what, I forgive the person I see in the mirror? Michael Jackson started this song that says, I'm starting with the man in the mirror. Even though that's a secular song, but you have to look at the principles of starting with the person in the mirror. How in the world could you be able to really ask God to forgive you and expect him to receive your forgiveness when you won't even receive your own forgiveness for yourself? Jesus died for your sins. Jesus died for you to be able to exchange his life for yours. He want to make an exchange. But we have to be able to understand that 
this life right here, we can really enjoy it. Even in the Bible, it tells us, Jesus said that I come, you may have life and have it more abundantly, which is a better quality of life. But in order for us to enjoy that better quality of life, we have to accept what Jesus did on the cross, which also part of the benefits is receiving forgiveness, but also receiving grace. Give yourself grace over the mistakes that you made in the past. We can really live the abundant life that God has for us and be able to help us to live this life in the midst of all the negative influences and stuff, the peer pressure, all those things. If we can really accept and appreciate not just what Jesus Christ done on the cross, but start learning to appreciate ourselves. Like I said, forgive ourselves in the process of forgiving yourself. Make sure that when you look in the mirror, start conversating and communicating with the person that's in the mirror. Because, like I said, it's going to start right there. And it's already enough pressure. It's already enough havoc outside of the home. What about within the home, starting with yourself? It's a bad, bad situation for those who may be Seeking love, wanting love, and you may be desiring love. But if you cannot accept or appreciate the person that you are, how would you expect somebody else to appreciate you? Or how would you be able to receive love if you don't have love for yourself? How would you be able to identify what love is? When you haven't accepted what love is. But we have to understand that. But also, moving on, we got to think about this. I mentioned earlier about being able to take inventory, personal inventory of yourself, forgiving yourself. But also, like I said, the people that we communicate with. We mentioned in church, we were talking about in church today, and I brought up something, and I, I want to make sure to bring this up on the podcast. You have to even be careful in the people that you allow into your house. Get this. You have to look at your house. Look at your house as your safe haven. Because when you look at it, it's three places, it's three places that we should have peace. At least one of these three places, peace, on the job, okay, some people may have, some people may not have it. Number two, peace in the church, okay, some people may have it, some people may not have it. And then peace in the home. If you don't have peace in one of those three areas, it'll make you snap. If we have peace in at least one of those three areas, at least we can have some type of place that we can breathe, safe haven. So at the at the house, that's where you can control. You pay the bills at that house. Now, you can't, mm, you can just pray for 
at the at the church or even at work. Unless you're the boss and you're hiring people, and if it's somebody that may not be performing or may not have the behavior that they supposed to, or they may not exhibit something, you can terminate them. You can clean house. You can do that on your job if you're the supervisor. At church, you know, when it comes down to people, you can't change people. You just accept them for how they are, who they are. That's that. But your home, where you lay your head at, you should have some type of control of your home. Now, I said I wanted to make sure to emphasize the home because you pay, you pay the bills. And I don't care how you work. I don't care what you do. You want to be in a position where you can come home and breathe and enjoy and be yourself. Now, a lot of people, they have people come over to the house. They invite people. They they don't, they just, well, I have an open door policy. My, my doors are open all the way. Well, you know what? You need to take inventory of the people that you allow into your home. Now, get this. I'm not just talking about people that you know. Because you know them, you're just allowing them into your home. But you have to know their spirit. Why do I say that? Because people deposit spirits or they leave spirits within your home. And that spirit that they left in the home, you'll end up picking it up. Guarantee you. Let's just say you're married. You're married and your husband or your wife been getting along very good. And and then all of a sudden... That person you allow into your house, hey, come on in. You know, you just letting them come into the house. You already know that they problematic. You already know they argumentative. They stir up mess and all that stuff. And then all of a sudden, they've been there for a while and you've been laughing with them. You re- you've received them physically, which means you receive them spiritually within your domain. And then, next thing you know, they leave the house. And guess what? They physically left, but they have deposited uh, some of those spirits of argument, argument stayed at your house. And then, next thing you know, you and your husband or you and your wife, now y'all arguing for no apparent reason. It's something minute. You got to be careful who you allow into your home. This is going to help us, not just being able to just have peace in a home, but we have to be aware because, like I said, the devil is trying to influence. He's trying his best to pull us away from being the people that God called for us to be. So if that call, if that means that he's going to allow that person to come over to the house and for you to say, hey, come on in. For them to leave that spirit that is of him, then he won. That person may be an argumentative person. That person may be someone that is promiscuous, someone that's a liar, someone that's cunning. And I'm going to say this. A lot of times people just think lying is someone that's not being honest. Oh, well, uh, you know, they said it was blue. It wasn't blue. It was red. They deliberately said that. Get this. Lying is also being deceptive. And there's so many people that they have allowed into their lives, and then they come into their home, 
and that spirit of deception now creeps into their home. You might not be the recipient of that. Your spouse may not be the recipient of that. But guess who? Your children may be a recipient of that. So we have to understand because we are peculiar people, because we are believers, we have to be we have to be careful. We have to be mindful of the spirits that the devil is trying to latch on. He's trying his get this. He's trying his best. He's trying so badly to get us. He's trying to trap us. He's trying to cause havoc in our lives. And we have to be aware of that. See, the weapons of our warfare, they're not carnal. But also, get this. We always say the scripture. This is, there's a spiritual world that we're encountering. These are spirit beings. There's a spiritual world that we're living in right now. And the spirits in the spiritual world, we're dealing with spirits. But also on the same token, because we're living in a physical world, the spiritual world influenced the physical but that's why we have to be prayerful. The Bible tells us, we hear it all the time, try the spirit by the spirit. Try the spirit, whose spirit? Their spirit. By whose spirit? God's spirit. Try their spirit by God's spirit. And if it does not match up, be careful. Be wise. The Bible tells us, be wise as a serpent, but harmless as a dove. We're not naive. We're not pushovers. So God wants us to be mindful of the people that we have into our circle. And like I said, take inventory. But one of the things I always say, because believers, we have good intentions, but we allow ourselves to be used. We're not walking mats. God wants us to, I'm going to say it like this, God wants us to use our brains. And so many times we allow ourselves, it ain't the devil. It ain't the devil that's doing it. It's ourselves. Sometimes it's our heart. It's our emotions. It's our motives. Well, I'm trying to do the right thing, but did you pray about it? I'm going to tell you like this. God is not going to have you to get yourself into some type of trouble that you end up regretting or you end up going to cause you to end up bringing embarrassment to him. We have to be prayerful. See, the devil, the devil will help his people, but we got to allow God to help his people, us. <laughs> but a lot of that, well, you know, because, see, because it may be a good ideal and it may be a good thing or good intentions that we have, but we have to pray about it first because God may not want you to do that. Think about in the in the Bible, David, David wanted to build a temple for God. And God said, no, no, I'm not going to let you build it because you have blood on your hands. Now, does that mean that David sinned? Well, David did sin, but the blood on his hands was not talking about him committing sin. David was a warrior. David was a fighter. So that was not David's thing for God to do for that was not David's thing that God wanted him to do to build a temple. 
God wanted David's son to build the temple, Solomon. God wanted David's son to build the temple. That was not David's purpose. So when it boiled down to it, because you may have good intentions, they may not be God's purpose for you to do what you desire to do, even if it's something as far as helping a specific person or doing a specific thing. So we have to be prayerful. What I'm going to do, I'm going to go to the phone line right now. I see some people that's on the phone line. Hello, welcome to Reconnect My Heart Podcast. You're on the air with Brother Prater. How you doing today? Hello? Okay, okay. I'm going to go ahead and like they're not on there. Okay. So we just have to be careful because the devil the devil want see the devil want us to become frustrated as believers. The devil to want us to become frustrated even in doing the right thing. The devil would tell you to do something. The devil would tell you to help somebody. Get this. The devil would tell you to do it when God does not want you to do it. You understand that? Whatever God have for you to do, God going to bring the means, the opportunity, and bring peace. But what would the devil do? The devil will, he will even bring means, but the motive is for a great fall. Also, the devil would bring frustration and shame. The devil would try to make you rush to do something. He will make you rush to do something when God may tell you to wait. We have to be careful. We got to be prayerful. So that's why when it boils down to it, like I said, even with good intentions, Ask God, God, did you want me to do it? Just always say the analogy, just like the little show, not show, but the little game, Simon Says. If we say Simon Says go left, we go left. If Simon Says we go right, we go right. Then if we just say jump up, if we jumped up and Simon didn't say it, we out of the game. So you look at God, as Simon says, did God say, then you do it. If God said it, not only he wants you to do it, but like I said, he would give you the things that he would supply your need in order for you to accomplish what he wants you to do. But if God does not provide, then you need to wait. If God did not provide for you the means, the opportunity to do it, then don't do it. Consult God. Did God tell you to do it? That's the main thing we always have to ask ourselves. But even in the past or even in the present, that we've done things that God did not authorize us to do. Going back to it, we got to forgive ourselves. Like I said, this Christian life, it ain't as hard as people think it is. It ain't as hard as people make it to be. 
But what makes it hard is we allow it. We put in stipulations. We put in we put in criterias on ourselves. We put in rules and regulations on our on our own self. We're becoming legalistic. There's a terminology that legalism. We put requirements on being saved. It, that ain't that ain't so. God has this. Everything that we need, He has supplied not just supplied our needs, our wants, but also He's given us everything pertaining to life and godliness. Like I mentioned earlier, uh, on the podcast last week, He's given us everything pertaining to life and godliness. Life meaning eternal life. He's supplied everything pertaining to eternal life and also godliness, godly living here on earth. But we have to be able to cast all of our cares upon him because he cares for us. I'm going to say it like this. God cares for you. He cares about you. Now, do you care about the person that God cares about? If God cares about you, why you don't care about yourself? I'm speaking from personal experience. I know how I feel to have low self-esteem. I know how I feel to feel that you're unvaluable. You're not worthy. Uh, I know how it feels. And, you know, I had to learn to stop beating myself up. I had to learn that God made me with purpose. God made me, look, God loved me so much that he wanted to just sometimes just talk to me. I mean, that's, that's cool. I mean, matter of fact, uh, um, I saw this a couple of years ago, and there were so many people that were so excited to go to the White House to meet President Obama at the time. I mean, get that. Think about being at home and you being summoned that they want you to come to the White House. That would be awesome. But get this. Imagine being at home and you're getting summons that the president want to come to your home to see you. In other words, you don't have to worry about leaving your home to go to him. He wants to come to your home to see you. That's that's wild. Don't you know that's the same thing that we should think about how God love us, want to spend time with us. I have one son. He just turned 13 Friday. And it's cool. Sometimes I just go over there to him. I just, I tell him, hey, how you doing? Just want to talk. Just want to listen. You're not in trouble. You don't have to, you don't have to be in fear. You don't have to feel like, uh-oh, I did something wrong. You don't have to worry or wonder, uh-oh, what, what did I do? What? No, no. I just want to, you know, just talk to you. How you doing? Why? Because he came from me. But ultimately, all of us came from God. And God want to chit-chat. He want to talk to his children. How was your day? How you doing? Get this. Sometimes we're so busy in the daytime. Don't you know? God will make God will make the opportunity where he let, he let us know that he want to spend some time with us. If God 
if if we're too busy in the daytime, God will wake us up in the middle of the night and say, hey, I just want to talk to you. Hey, how you doing? Isn't that funny? I mean, it's, it's, it's deep and funny at the same time. So God love us. God have so much invested into us. We are already made in his image and likeness. God has personality. God has a sense of humor. So the same God that has a sense of humor, and even how our personality is, you can tell, God made us in his image and likeness. I, I see someone else on the line. I'm on. Before we get ready to pray, I'm going to give this person the opportunity to get on air. Hello, welcome to Rick Nigger My Heart Podcast. You're on the air. How you doing today? Hello? Hello? Okay. Okay. I'd like to make sure that I give uh, people an opportunity to uh, come on the air in case you want to... Share something. Um, I thank I thank God for the opportunity, even just be able to look at how much He loves us. And like I said, we can be saved. We can maintain our faith in the midst of a faithless world. And get this: the Bible reminds us, "Great is He that's in us, as He that's in the world." So we can live this life amongst people who may not even love us, who may not even appreciate us. But you know what? God will give us the strength and the ability to keep doing what we're supposed to do. And who knows? You never know if we be consistent in who we are. You never know who you may influence. You never know the people that you may touch, the people that may be around that may come to Christ because of you. We show love. We continue to show love to those who may not show love to us. But see, we have to remember, that's not our responsibility to retaliate. It ain't our responsibility to even handle our own problems. Like I said earlier, we have an ever-present help. Listen here, whatever God has me to do, that's not my, that's not my responsibility to do it in my own power or in my own ability. It's God's responsibility to equip me so I can do what he wants me to do. Same thing with you. God will never have you to do something that he did not equip you for. So we have to realize that we are no longer alone. See, before we came to Christ, we were by ourselves. We were in trouble. But now, because we have accepted Jesus Christ as our personal Savior, listen here, we're no longer alone. There's a song I used, we used to hear when I was growing up, never alone. I don't have to worry, I'm never alone. He walks beside me every day, and he guides my footsteps every day. That's who we serve. We serve someone that loves us. And I'm not talking about love us conditionally. He loves us unconditionally. Not only dying on the cross before we came to the scene, but he even demonstrated his love even right now. 
just in case someone who's listening who may not who may not feel appreciated or may not feel like you know they're important this message even for you to let you know that God loves you like I said I understand I'm not talking about something I'm reading about I don't have to go to school to study on how does it feel to be insecure how does it feel to have low self-esteem I don't have to read that I live that I understand that so I'm telling you from personal experience I know how it feels there was the old me but now I'm living a new life that God has allowed me to see and to receive and like I always tell people the same God that did it for me he can do it for you I'm going to go a little bit deeper the same God that did it for me he wants to do it for you you can enjoy the blessings the benefits as a believer that God has for you in spite of the prayer pressure, the negative influences, even those who may try to lie upon you, those who may try to block your blessings. Listen here, I don't care who tries to block your blessings. God will use that as a stumbling block. God will use that as a stepping stone to get you where he wants you to be at. So you don't have to worry about, well, uh, uh, who's going to help me? Listen here, if God be for you, who can be against you? It doesn't matter. Like the wrestler, the rock, he has to say, what is your name? It doesn't matter what your name is. Well, when it comes down to the support, if you don't have any support, if you're trying to wonder who's going to help you, it doesn't matter who's against you. If God, if God is for you, that's all that needs to be done. If God has given you the approval, if you approve by God, it doesn't. <laughs> Listen here, I don't care what the majority say. The judge, the author of our finish of the, of the author and finisher of our faith, if it's endorsed by God Almighty, case closed. Enough said. That's it. <laughs> God Himself overrides the popular votes. <laughs> so as long as you're pleasing God and you're obedient to God, like I said, it ain't your responsibility to work things out. It ain't your responsibility even to figure things out. It's God's responsibility to get everything done. If you work and keep your mind on pleasing God, don't worry about pleasing other people. Don't even worry about pleasing people because you can't please people. You can't please people. And guess what? People can't even please themselves. So how would you expect to try to please those who can't even please themselves or don't even know how to please themselves? So you please God, you obey God, you trust God, you focus on God, everything else will work itself out. Matthew 6 and 33 tells us, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. We mean God's way of being right. And then all these things shall chase you down. That will help us to not just live a saved life in a secular world, but live a blessed life in a secular world. This will help us to live and not just exist. So many people, so many believers, we're just existing in a world and we are losing ourselves in this world. We're not enjoying the full benefits as a believer. So God wants us to live the abundant life that he has for us and appreciate Appreciate him 
and not just what he's done, but who he is. And if we can appreciate who he is, we will learn and know who he is. So that way we can learn and know who we are. That would help us. So just in case you've been a people pleaser, stop right now. Just in case you've been basing your life upon the opinion of others, stop it right now. This is the time that God wants you to be able to please him and learn of him and start enjoying the life and the benefits that he has for you. It should be it's, it would definitely be a shame for you to be a saved believer for many years and then die benefits that God had for you here on earth. We can easily get to heaven and sing and shout and all that stuff. Think about the eternal home that he has for us, the eternal reward, the futuristic rewards he has for us in heaven. But what about here on earth? So just in case those who may be holding on to a regret, pity, whatever it is, give it to God right now. That means you look in the mirror, just in case somebody listening, I'm giving you a few seconds. Go to a mirror and look at the person in the mirror and say, you know what? I forgive you of everything. Or you go and you tell the person in the mirror, forgive me of everything I've said or done towards you or against you. And just in case somebody who been listening and they're not saved but they are seeking they're a seeker they're wondering who is this person i'm talking about i'm talking about jesus christ just in case you're not saved what does it take to be saved romans 10 and 9 tells us if thou shalt confess the lord jesus christ as thy savior and believe your heart that god has raised him from the dead Thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. That means you verbalize. You verbalize Jesus Christ is your personal Savior. You say it. Say it out loud so you can hear it in your ears and it can go into your spirit. Say it out loud. Also, when you accept Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, and you've confessed it, you've said it out of your mouth, I want you to start saying this. I want you to start saying God's word verbally instead of your problem verbally. That's going to help us. If we start saying what God said about a situation instead of what we see about a situation, that's going to help us to live that life because like I said, we're different. We're different. That doesn't mean that we're special, but we're peculiar people. We're just different. We thinking we thinking as God thinks. We think how God wants us to think. We're conducting ourselves as God wants us to conduct ourselves. Listen, verbally, morally, with our character, and also it'll help us to be a better example to others. Ethics, ethics, character, morals. 
So just in case you weren't saved and you accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, welcome to the family. But in case you have other needs and someone else may have needs, concerns, we're going to give everything to God. The Bible tells us to cast all of our cares upon him once and for all, for he cares for us. Whatever your personal issues are, needs, concerns, we're going to give it to God right now. Dear Heavenly Father, we coming to you right now, God. Thank you, Lord, for your awesomeness. We coming to you right now, God. We acknowledge your presence on today. God, we thank you, Lord, for helping us, God, to live the life that you have for us, God, to live this life, God, and be able to receive what you did on the cross, God. We thank you, Lord, for everything you've done. God, we ask, Lord, to help us, God, to be the example be the representative that you have for us to be, God. Help us to live a life, God, and help us, God, to be the light to this dying world, God. Help us, God, to be the salt to this earth right now, God. God, help us, God, to be able to influence those, God, to let them know, God, who you are, God. Help us, God, to live a life that is pointing to you right now, God, in the name of Jesus. Instead of about everything you stand for, be about every problem, be about every confusion right now, in the name of Jesus. And Lord, we ask, Lord, even we holding up right now, God, our sisters, Sister Tracy, Tracy Pope right now, God. We hold her up before you, God. You see the needs, you see the concerns right now, God. We speaking, God, that you even touch her eyes right now, God. Touch, God. Touch her eyes, God. And we even speaking right now, God, that you line up every cell, every organ, every nerve, every tissue right now, God. Line up with your word of healing and wholeness right now, God. In the name of Jesus, God, we speaking, God, that you Reduce every swelling right now, God, and bring normalcy right now, God, even to our eyes, even to our body right now, God. And for any others, God, who may need a touch from you, God, God, be speaking healing, God, from the crown of their head to the sole of their feet right now, God. In the name of Jesus, God, be speaking, God, for those who have been beating themselves up, God, with regret, God, low self-esteem, God. God, help them to understand who you are, God, and what you've done on the cross for them right now, God. And God, help them, God, as they seek you, God. Help them, God, to see who you are, God, so they can see who they are right now, God. In the name of Jesus, God, help us, God, to not to worry, God, not to stress, God. God, help us, God, to cast all of our cares upon you, God, and to trust you, God, in every area of our lives right now. In the name of Jesus, and we thank you, Lord, for everything you've done, everything you're going to do right now. In Jesus' name we pray. We say amen, amen, amen. I thank you, thank you, thank you for those who supported this program. Thank you for listening. If you have any suggestions on future topics, feel free to contact me. I'm Brother Prater. I'm on Facebook under Brother Prater. You you can read my daily devotions or my videos on my page, or you can subscribe to my YouTube channel. Or you can go to my website at www.brotherprater.org. You will see my daily devotion, the upcoming events, and personal appearances. Also, you can go to the store section of my website where you can purchase my book, A Few Good Men, A Path to Godly Fatherhood. A Few Good Men was written to inform men the needs and the responsibilities to their families, the children, their spouse, or even to their children's mother. To inform women the needs of a man and to give them and to give single women the qualities of a potential future husband and or father to present or future children. I want to thank each and every one who tuned in to Reconnect My Heart radio podcast. 
God bless you and good night. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the